Tonight, I want to get uh, through this message, and, and so we can get uh, Rosie back up here. But I, I tell you what, I was, I was excited because I knew Rosie has a heart for ministry. I knew she understands ministry, and I knew that she would want, and she acknowledged that to me, that you know she wants what the Lord wants tonight. And I believe there's no accident that you're here tonight because I've been teaching a series on uh, calling it, Are You Ready to Receive? But... Tonight, I think I just want to uh, have a subtitle. This is part four. We're going to kind of summarize, but we're going to go into something that, that we started into last week, and that I, I'm going to call it, w- Will You Go There? You know, I, I began to read, I began to study over um, the last several weeks, and, and I love the, the points that God was bringing out. You know, I want to receive all that God has for me. I, I, want, I want to have God's best. You know, I, I got used, my, my phone was up here. I couldn't find it a while ago. I was like, oh man, I feel like half-dressed. Where's my phone? You know how, how we get about our phone. And, and I was needing to text somebody. I'm down here usually talking to people and things about going on in the service. I'm not playing games or something like that, you know. But, but I, I didn't know where it was at. But you know, when we, you ever get a new phone and you have to go to the owner's manual or you have to ask one of your grandkids or your kids, how do we, how do we operate this? And, and, and you, ever, you ever have your phone and you've, you've used it for like a year and then all of a sudden somebody shows you some cool little neat trick and you go, man, that wouldn't, have been, wouldn't that have been nice to know? See, I don't want to get to heaven and realize God had a whole bunch of things available to me that I missed out on. And you know, I, I heard, uh, uh, I've heard people be- to before say, man, where was this message when I was young? Where was this information? Where was this word? Why didn't I know that earlier? I had one lady some, one time when we had their cowboy church down in her, uh, at, uh, by Medicine Park, and I, I, was, I got done ministering, and she came down there, and she said, I am mad. And I thought, oh, man, what did I say? What did I do? I thought, man, I was in trouble. She goes, I'm mad. She said, I've been in church all my life. And nobody's ever told me I could have that, receive that, walk in that. And so I don't want us to miss out on anything, and so that's why I try to teach. But as I was looking at the three three things that help us to receive is, number one, and we talked about it three weeks or so ago, to have ears that'll hear. And if you'll remember, I used the, uh, and those that weren't here, I used the the scripture, Isaiah 50, verse 4. It's a scripture that I found many years ago, and I don't even remember who was preaching or if I just stumbled across it, but it, it, was, it was Isaiah speaking, and he's talking about, he, he prays or he makes the statement, give me ears to hear as the learned, and give me a tongue that speaks as the learned. And I made that a prayer of mine. And I said, God, I want to have ears that hear as the learned. I want to be sensitive to you. I want to have your, your words speak to me. And I want to speak the, with the tongue of the learned that I speak a word in season to him who's weary. That's my desire is that, it, that as I preach, as I minister, as I talk to people, as I go to, to families who have lost loved ones or whatever it be, that I say the right things at the right times. Am I perfect in that? No, I'm not. But I'm endeavoring to be. And I, and I ask God, give me the words that, that are needed at that time. Well, part of having the right words is having the right ability to hear what to say. And remember, I said we're not just talking about our physical ears. We're talking about our spiritual ears. We're talking about the ability to begin to hear. And I, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 4. And, and I resisted going to this chapter before when I taught this because I, I've taught this before. And you know, you know me well enough, if, you've, if you listen to my messages all the time, you know that, that I'm not going to worry a whole lot about pre-preaching a, a, a something again 
because I just figured out that, that we, need to, we need to follow what God is uh, teaching and, and, and allow Him to minister to us. And the way we get it is re- repetition a lot of times. And, and the scriptures that we know the best or that we remember the best are the ones that we, we used in times of, of, of really of struggle or we, we got a hold of in a time of great need and, and great trial. And they brought triumph to us. But this word, you know, it's amazing to me what was going on here in, in Jesus' ministry. He was just beginning in his, in his really his earthly ministry. And he'd gotten baptized by John the Baptist. And he went out into the wilderness for 40 uh, days. And, and he fasted. And the devil came and tempted him. And what did he do? He, he took the devil out with the Word of God. Every time the devil came to him, he said, no, it's written. You remember that part? He said, no, 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 it's written. And he put the devil in his place with the word of God. But then he came into the, into the synagogue and it said he grabbed the scroll and he found the place where it was written of him. And I'm relating all this uh, without reading it so that we can take a, a little, little less time. But he made the statement in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news of the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set it the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant, he sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now I'm reading out of the NIV, it may read a little different if you're using a different translation, but I, I want you to understand something. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, it was, it was being spoke, but whether or not they were going to have ears to hear, that was going to make a difference. Were they going to be ready to hear, ready to receive? That's why I asked you at the first, uh, uh, I had some people when I first started doing that, they say, are you expecting? And, and they say, well, no, I'd golly, I'd hope not. They didn't say exactly that, but you know, that's, that's the thing we ask. You know, we ask if somebody we think they're pregnant, when are, or are you expecting, or, or whatever. Well, see, here's the thing. If the Word of God, the seed of the Word of God goes on the, in, on the inside of us, it's, it's, like we're, it's almost like we have that expectancy of it producing what it meant to Mark chapter 4. The seed goes in the soil of a man's heart. What does it do? It produces after like kind what it, it was intended. Well, here's the thing. Jesus shows up in their midst, the Messiah, the one they've been waiting on. And he reads the prophet Isaiah's prophecy talking about the one who was going to come. And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled. Now look how they respond in verse 22. It says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. See, they were hung up on the fact that they knew him. They were hung up on, the, on, on who the messenger was. They were hung up on this or that, or they were distracted by the things of the, uh, that were going on. But here was the, here was the one. They, then then he, he, he challenged them. And they got so mad, they were going to throw him off a cliff. They, 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 he challenged them. They, they had no more willingness to hear. And, and they, got, they got mad enough, they were ready to throw Jesus, the Messiah. These are, ruler, these are people, of, of, these were church folks. I've known a few church folks. Oh, well, we'll just keep moving on. Verse 25, he says, he says, now, no, verse 24, look at, look at what he says. He says, truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his own town. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel 
in Elijah's time, but the sky was shut up for three and a half years, and there, were, they were, there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to one of them, in other words, to Israel, but he, to a widow in Zarephath at the, in the region of Sidon. That was an area that was not, it was a Gentile area. And, and he's, he's getting on these church folks, on these Israelites, and he's saying, you didn't have ears to hear, so God had to send Elijah to a heathen nation or an ungodly nation. And he goes on, he says, And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha, who followed Elijah, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. So again, now this is why they got so mad at him. They said, man, you know, they, he put them in their place, and then what they do? They got mad enough, they are going to throw him off a cliff. Now, isn't, isn't it good that the Son of God had set aside deity power to come into earth as a man, but yet he never quit being the Son of God, and until it was God's time, he wasn't going to be put to death, so he just walked right through them. Isn't it good that Jesus never quit being having all power to do as the Father would will? But the interesting thing was those two examples, and I used one of them, because there was those three things that help us receive. We've got to have ears to hear. The second was we had to have a heart to receive. And I'm not going to turn there, but in 1 Kings chapter 5, it talked about that Naaman, this, this story right here. It talked about Naaman, who, who was a mighty man in Syria, and he, but he had leprosy. And he found out that Elisha could heal him. And he showed up at Elisha's house. And Elisha said, go wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. And the man got mad. You remember that story? Maybe you don't, but I'm not going to turn it because I got to get to another place in the scripture. But he, he went and he was going to leave. He said, this guy's not doing it the way I wanted. He didn't have a heart to receive. He had ears to hear, hey, the guy can heal you. You know, I know there's, I know there's people that'll, that'll hear that they need a Savior, that they want to spend eternity in heaven and not spend eternity in hell. But sometimes people don't have a heart to receive that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. They can't wrap their head around that. Or one reason or another, they, they set aside salvation. They set aside the plan that Jesus paved, the gift that He provided. But there, Naaman finally got convinced. Look, just do it, his servant said. That's a short version of it. And he went and he was healed. He may not have had the heart to receive initially, but he was willing to be changed. He had ears to hear. He, had a, he didn't have a heart to receive, but he was willing or he was able to be changed. How many times do we resist what God might want to do for us? Maybe even resist a message or resist for some reason. Maybe we allow doubt or some reason to come in to keep us from receiving all that God has for us. But then all of a sudden, we, we, can, we can change. You know, that's, that's why I pray uh, Psalms 51, creating me a clean heart, O God. That's why I talk so much about our heart. Because listen, our outward actions may not always be perfect. We're going to fall sometimes. We're gonna, we, we talk about this. You know, we sometimes get in, get in a situation where we're working and, and or, or dealing with people or dealing with cattle or, you know, something uh, mechanic. And I was, I was talking about this sometimes when the wrench would slip and my knuckles get busted, I'd get mad and I'd take it out on the wrench. It's real smart, huh? Throw that wrench. Anybody ever done that? Throw that wrench. Then what do you got to do? You got to go find the wrench or you got to fix whatever you broke, right? So we get, we get our flesh gets out of order 
And, and, and but, see, but see, here's the thing. God's going to turn around. He's looking at our heart. More than our outward actions, because how, we all know everybody, there's people that can get dressed up for church or they can get dressed up in the right sit, situation and look really good. But all we can't fool God because he's, he's able to look at our heart. But do we have a heart to receive? Listen, our actions will follow our heart, but our actions may not be right first. But if we've got the heart to be there. See, here's the thing. It's like I told him Sunday morning. I said, you know what? Sometimes... I knew what I needed to do when I was a young man trying to serve God. I knew what I needed to do, and, and, but I, I didn't really want to. But I wanted to want to. And so I was honest with God and I said, God, I don't really want to, but I want to want to. Help, help me with my want to. Help change my heart. And see, God can do that if we're willing to say, God, I'll have ears to hear. I'll listen. And then I, I, I'll, get, I'll get to that place where I have the heart that's willing to receive. And that's the second thing. We talked about that quite a bit. But this third thing, we started on this last week. And let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 17. No, sorry, 1 Kings chapter 17. 2 Kings chapter 5 is where Naaman was. 1 Kings. Let me see if I get there and I'll tell you if I'm right or not. It's in one or the other. No, 1 Kings chapter 17. And you know, I have taught this. I love when the Holy Spirit does this. I've taught this message or, or a message out of this so many times, so many different ways. And I love it when the Holy Spirit grabs something. And I believe tonight's message is so important as we, as we get to this place. I want us to look here. Now, the third, the third point of this message or the third part of this sermon and those three things is to, to, have, uh, to have a willingness to obey. And, and, you know, that's that thing that we can receive those other things or we can be willing to hear, we can be willing to receive, but almost without question, there is something for us to do. There's an action that we got to take. There's a step of faith. You know, God will say, or we can say, well, we trust you, God, but will we go ahead and step out? You know, what was the difference in Peter and the, the other 11 guys sitting in the boat or however many of the disciples were there? When Jesus said, or when Peter called to Jesus on the water and said, if that's you, Lord, bid me come. And he said, come on. And what Peter took that step out. You know, I don't believe that if the rest of them would have said, well, what about me, God? He just said, come on. He wasn't, if that wasn't a Peter thing only, Peter was willing to take the step. Now we know he, he got a little wet out there. But by golly, I'd better rather be a, rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. Amen. I just, I just rather, I'd rather fail trying. Isn't that right? I, boy, I, I get tired of people that just won't try. Man, just at least try. I used to get aggravated. My son, he'd, he'd sit back and watch, sit back and watch, or sit back and watch. And I'm like, you got to, working with me. Now, baseball or basketball, I mean, he was go-getter. But working with me, especially cattle, there'd be times, I mean, I'd almost have a hold of him. No, don't back off. Get in there. Let's go. You know, but you just got to, you just got to sometimes step out and that's part of it. But you know what? We, it, when we have a ears to hear, a heart to receive and a willingness to obey, we'll be like this story in, in 1 Kings chapter 17. Now, Elijah, Elijah, we were talking about Elisha a while ago. Now we're talking about Elijah. Elijah, in, let's go to verse two. He says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward and hide in Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. 
Now, I don't know, I didn't read this out of the King James or New King James. I hope it kind of, I hope it words it enough the same. But the NIV, it says that word there. Now, you, you know this from different places where we hear things in the Word, and, and we see where when, the, when uh, God told the children of Israel, He said, I'm going to bless you in the land that I'm showing you. When they went in, He said, everywhere your foot treads, I'll give it to you. I also remember where He was talking about in uh, their, uh, where Abraham, He said, go to the land that I will show you. That's where your blessing is, is where I'll show you, where I want you. And that's what was going on here. Now, Elijah, you'd say, well, Elijah was a prophet. Well, let me just tell you, Elijah was a prophet, but he was still a man. And he still had to make a decision to follow him. I, I've often wondered, I, I, it'll be interesting, we get to heaven, we'll, we'll know all these things. But I always wonder, why was Gideon the least of the least, and God's using him? Now, you could say, well, because God doesn't need any help. I always wonder, was he, was he, did, it, did he go through all the others <laughs> to get to him? And he's the, he's the one that finally show up. I don't know. Hey, doesn't say, so I don't know. I just know God doesn't need any special talents if he's got somebody willing. See, we're all qualified. You say, well, I, I don't have education. I don't have the past. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too, you do, I, well, there's a lot of excuses. But if God says it's ours and God says we can do it, we can do it. He goes on, but, but notice he says, I have supplied you food there. Now, Elisha had to, Elijah had to make a decision. Am I going to go there? What if, what if there wasn't the place he really chose to go? Well, if he wanted food and he wanted God's supply, he needed to go where God said go. So he needed to have ears to hear. He needed to have a heart to receive. He needed to have a willingness to obey, to show up and be where God said to be. Because that's where the provision was. Verse 5 says, So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. I see this word there just kept jumping out at me. That's why I wanted to title this, Will You Go There? The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Notice God's provision, God's supply, the promise from God's word, His direction, whatever, whatever Elijah needed at the time, was where? There. Where was there? Where God said go. You see, uh, I, I, I think that sometimes uh, we, we aren't willing to go there. You say, well, God, I'll follow you if. See, I spent a lot of years, not a lot of years, a couple of years as a young man arguing with, or dealing with God, negotiating, you know, I mean, like, like God's going to negotiate with me. You know, and I'd say, well, God, I'll trade you this for this kind of deal. It's, it's kind of like we, were like, like we were horse trading. You know, like, like we were making some kind of a deal. God, I'll go, I'll go if you give me this. Or why don't you provide this ranch, the ranch for me, paid for, so then I, you know, then I can hire help. And then I wouldn't have to work all these hours. And then I can serve you. And then I can follow you. Or then he said, well, why don't you just follow me? So when we got to there... The raven brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. So he got exactly as God said when he was there. Now notice verse 7. It says, Sometime later the brook dried up because there was, had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have a, directed a widow there to supply you with food. Now, this word just kept jumping out of me this afternoon. And as I began to think about it, you know, in the illustration of the Bible, 
we're, in, in this illustration, we're seeing there being physical places. How many of you, how many of you ha, are still living in the place you were born? Okay. Okay. Very, very, you, you, very few people have not moved at some point in life. So we can identify with needing to move. Now, sometimes that was good. Sometimes that's not so good. But here's what I, here's what I want you to identify. Not just a, this is what the Lord was saying, not just a physical there, but what about a spiritual there? What, is, what does God need to do in your life that, that might be something different, that would bring you a place Mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally. What, what might need to change in, in our lives in order for us to be in that best place where God could supply? Verse 10 says, So he went on to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and asked her, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink? And as she was going, he called out to her and said, Bring me, please, a piece of bread. Now notice, God had told him, He said, I'm preparing a widow there to, what? Supply you with food. Now, let me ask you something. And I thought about this this afternoon. Elijah had to agree to do and follow and be obedient to God, just like the widow did. I've, I've always just talked about the faith of the widow. But listen, Elijah still being a man, even though he was a, 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 one, of the great, one of the main major prophets of the Old Testament, he still had the opportunity to doubt, to fear, to question. And you know, he probably in his mind when God said, hey, I'm going I'm to provide, I've got, I've got a widow prepared for you that, that's going to provide. Don't you imagine him in his mind, he probably thought, well, okay, so she's got a good storehouse. She must have killed a few deer and, and got them all cured, and, and she got a lot of jerky stored up, and she's, she's, she done, she's a real good cook, good, a canner, and she, she had her garden before all the droughts. You know, he's probably thinking she's got supply. And then she replies, verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and son that we may eat it and die. So reality sets in. Now, Elijah, it doesn't say that he doubted. I, do, I doubt that he doubted very long, but he was a man. And so I have an idea that there was at least the entertainment, the thought of doubt. Just because that's the way it works. When we, when we step out in God, we hear God, we, we have this mindset of God can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength until it feels like we have no strength. We, we know that we can have the wisdom of God until we're at a loss. We know that prayer works until it seems like it's not. Well, all these challenges to our faith. And, but look at what changed. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Now see, God had already made a statement. He already said, I am providing you a supply through widow. And here was the widow showing up. Here was, the, here was the one God was going to use. And she's got nothing. Now, you think, well, he's, he's already seen God do all these amazing things. Why would he doubt? His first words erased that doubt because what was his, his words were speaking to her, do not be afraid. But what was he hearing? Do not be afraid. 
He was putting the right things in his mouth. He was speaking the word of God. And then he, then he said, go home, do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make some things for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. You know, God planned a supply for Elijah there. Let me ask you, where's your there? We, we ought to ask the Lord, God, where is, where is my there? Is it more time in prayer? Is it more time in study? Is it, is it more time in, in building uh, uh, an understanding? You see, the thing was that this woman was asked to do something that was completely out of the ordinary. He said, she said, or he said, make me a cake first. Make me some bread first. That's, that's kind of that step of faith that says, okay, God, I'm going to do what, you, I'm going to have ears to hear, I'm going to have a heart to receive, and I'm going to have a willingness to obey, and I'm going to do things your way. What did God tell him to do? See, there's many of you, maybe some of you that are, that are there in a, in a place and, and uh, God may, may not be calling you to a physical there, but rather a spiritual there. A place in relationship with Him through prayer, through study. Maybe a, a place of yieldedness. Maybe, maybe you've only given God part of your life. You always held back a little in reserve just in case. You know what? When we can trust, entirely trust our lives to God, when we can completely entrust it to Him and say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe You, I'm going to trust You, and I'm going to do it Your way, then he, may he will take you to that place that's there. See, He went and uh, <clears throat> in this statement, He said, give me of it first. You know what? God's looking for at whatever we have, and He's looking for us to take that, that step of faith, that place that says, I'll, I'll be obedient. She went her way and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, the jug of oil did not run dry, in, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You know, as I, as, I, as I was thinking about this today, and I, I, just, I just kept seeing that if we could put together those three things, a heart, a ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a willingness to obey, that we could be in our place that was there, and God supplies. What do you have need of? See, God's there to meet our need. Do we, do we need strength? Do we need wisdom? Do we need health? Do we need uh, hope? Do we need salvation? What do we need? God's there for us. As, as Rosie goes ahead and, and, and comes, and I just want us to take some time and allow this to sink in. And, and you're watching online. I know there's, there's plenty that watch. We had two give their hearts to the Lord last week, and, and I want to give you that opportunity once again. She's going to sing, and, and, and she's going to sing this, this song, um, Jesus Paid It All. And I tell you what, it's a wonderful old hymn. And as, as he does, I'm just going to talk through this prayer, and I want you to... Take this word and ask yourself, Lord, what is there? Is there anything 
that I need to yield to you? Is there anything that I need to do to, to, to enable my ears to hear, my heart to receive? Is there anything that I'm letting stay between me and God? Let's go before the Lord and pray as, as we get ready. Father, we just praise you and thank you that tonight we can, we can come before you. And, and Lord, we thank you that your word is, is forever settled in heaven. Your word doesn't return in you void. And, and Lord, your word says and declares that if we come to you, calling upon the name of the Lord, that we can be saved. That, that if, we, if we believe in Jesus Christ and, and we ask forgiveness of our sins and invite Him to be our Lord and Savior and confess Him as Lord and Savior, that, that we can be saved. And Lord, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice, both here or online, that's not made Jesus Lord, I pray tonight that this is their night. You can respond online and you'll have opportunity to respond here. But Father God, I pray that we just minister this. As, as Rosie goes ahead and sings this song, I just want you to, to have that mindset. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Wrong song. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just praise you and we thank you that Jesus did pay it all. So, Father, we just prepare our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.